Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. How are you, Richard? Doing okay. I'll go with okay. It's been an interesting week, an interesting series of weeks, and we'll get into a little bit of that more later. But the thing that I am particularly happy about right now is we have two special guests with us today. We have our good friend, Delvin Cox, from the Delvin Cox Experience. How are you, sir? Hold on, hold on one second. Before we get into how I'm doing, who starts off account with just five and says nothing else after that? <laughs> Where did that come Wait. from? <laughs> There was probably some. You had a you had at least a five and then five you, three yeah one. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you've been through this. I don't want to bore you with the basics. Uh, good point. <laughs> this is my first pony ride on this. Every, everyone knows the process is five four three two, and then you don't say the one. Everybody knows that's how it goes. I don't. But well, I've never seen I've never seen a five. I'm like, five. wait, did he just did he just have a stroke? What happened? And, and that is the break-in from our other special guest, Michael Lacombe. How are you, sir? Good. I, I'm sorry. I, we haven't even covered how Delvin's doing. I, I'm, I'm doing all right. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm, I'm moving on now because he, he's making fun of how I uh, count badly. Yeah. Well, we don't know how you count. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a good episode. I can feel it. Yes. Uh, well, we have four distinct Interesting minds here to just chew a little bit on the newest Marvel offering. We're doing a movie review on The Black Widow. Now, for those of you who have been with us before, you know how this goes. But if you are new to our show, we have a very specific scientific but not really formula that we follow. We break down the film into subcategories where we talk about the cast. We talk about the director. We talk about costuming and the props. We talk about location. I don't know why I was Italian there for a minute. We talk about cinematography, plot and writing, and give some bonus points. Uh, you can have a score up to 100 points, as low as you want it to be. We have gotten no imaginary numbers up to this point. We're going to try and keep it that way. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like a little report card for how you feel the movie is. And this is, of course, our own personal opinions. And if you have not seen the movie, now is where you get off the ride. Because we are going to definitely be going into spoilers deep into all of the minutia that makes this film tick or doesn't, depending upon perspective. You fellas ready? Indeed. Ready. All right. So, um, both uh, Richard and I, it's been about a week since we have seen the film. Uh, so we've had a little time to let it ruminate. Did you guys see it when it came out on the first day? I did, yeah. I so did I. Yeah. Excellent. So we're all kind of in the same boat. Um, yep. We tend to talk, kind of start in the same spot from one uh, episode to the next. And I, I like that because it gives us a certain amount of uh, familiarity, even if the counting doesn't seem to... <laughs> along with it <laughs> no I, I do want to break in with a little question for everybody here and because this was one of those we're in a unique situation when it comes to watching movies especially disney movies so i want to ask everybody what was the method that they actually watched this movie did you buy it on disney plus or did you go to the movie theater to watch this movie ken i, I will say that i watched it at home okay Oh, sorry. I didn't know you were going to go to Canada. No, like, there, was a, there was a pause. I knew you were out like that. Yeah. There was a pause. I was like, well, we got to go with somebody. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, so um, 
So you watched it. You you paid the thirty bucks to watch it on the sure the premiere. We'll say that okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's what it did. Somebody paid the thirty bucks. <laughs> but That's all that matters. Did you do you like after you watched it? Where you're like, man, I wish I would have gone to the theater. Or was it just fine for you? It was fine. You know, uh, something that I've learned during the pandemic, and and make no mistake, I. I been a heavy film goer since I was a wee child and I love going to the movies but one thing that I've noticed is that uh, my desire to see a film supersedes my desire to see it in theaters and my I've, I've learned that me going to the theater was more an extension of me just wanting to see whatever that was at the first available opportunity than it was the theater experience so now that the theater experience is not necessary and I can have the convenience of seeing something the day it comes out, but still at home. Uh, yeah. I've learned that, uh, you know, the theater is not something that I'm necessarily going to prioritize because it comes along with, you know, I got to find a babysitter. I got, you know, it's going to cost a, a ton of money and I, I don't necessarily need it. So I, I was perfectly fine watching it at home. Okay. What about you, Delvin? I watched it at home and I have a pretty good TV. So I was fine with it. <laughs> I feel like I'm the odd person out. So I will you, say this. You did go to the to, theater. Okay. Go on, Delvin. I will say this. I'm glad I didn't go to the theater. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say that much. <laughs> All right. Well, I know so, Richard. Uh, Richard uh, enjoyed this at home as well because yep. he likes the idea of being able to watch the film multiple times, which is a fantastic opportunity. I don't know if it's $30 worth of fantastic, but uh, – it it definitely has its upside, but I I miss the theater and um I I wanted to go out and I knew it was going to be not as crowded as it normally would be and then by going to the theater then there's no running water behind me no people doing stuff and making noise and I have to pause and it breaks the experience uh something inevitably happens every single time I watch anything to just break me out of whatever it is so I going to the theater. Worst case scenario, somebody spills popcorn on me, and I think I can deal with that because at least that feels like movie movie theater stuff. <laughs> That's true, but um, I think everyone's experience is unique, and I, I definitely think soon, if there is a movie that comes out that says we're only going to do this in the theater, that you know, I'd I'd probably break down and go, and I don't know what that would be. I don't know when that would be or what that would be to really drive me to do that. But I I think eventually we'll get more interest in doing that. But, yeah, sitting at home on the couch and if you have to pause it, like if you have to go to the bathroom, just hit and pause, I think is actually a pretty good advantage. Agreed. Sp- Spider-Man no, no Way Home will, will probably get me out of the house. Yeah. So December is, is my target date. Assuming no. Uh, massive upticks, probably, right? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think for me, it'll probably be Shang-Chi, I'm guessing. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. I, I think... I'm fine with that one at home, too. I think that um, my expectations for Black Widow wasn't high in the first place. So, I, I and plus, everybody in my house wanted to see the movie, and I was like, okay, if I pay, I can either pay... $40, $50 to go to the movies and see it and waste gas or just pay $30 at home and put on a 99-cent bag of popcorn and watch. So I'm like, yeah, it's the same thing. 99-cent yep. bag of popcorn, 
container of popcorn. Let's <laughs> make my yeah. own. Whatever. All right. Well, let's jump into it. Let's get into the, the nitty-gritty of the actual film itself. Now, the place that we often start is with the director because they're the one that is in control of everything. Um, for those that are not aware, the director is Kate Shortland. Um, she has had a handful of other uh, things. If you decide to take a look at it on IMDb, you, you can see some television directorial work. You see some other movies. Uh, but truthfully, nothing that I was really familiar with. Had you guys seen anything that uh, she had done previously? No, I I, did, I checked just as you did, uh, you know, especially because, you know, the, the fact that it was a female director directing a female led movie, I wanted to see what she had under her belt. And I, I don't I don't recall uh, being familiar with anything. Smilf. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That, I, I was more interested in the short uh, pent up house. Uh, that seems like it would be uh, rather humorous. So I kind of I'm curious about that one. That's from a long time ago. Yeah. So, okay. How do you think, Delvin, how do you think that the the director did in terms of taking the existing story, fitting it into the massive behemoth that is the MCU integrated storyline and getting everything to gel and everyone to work on the same page? What do you think? What do you think of that? Uh, I wasn't a fan of it. To be honest with you, I thought it was... I, like me and Mike have had this conversation before. I felt like this movie felt like a Gen One MCU movie, and when you're in Gen Four, Gen Five, it kind of feels outdated. Like, oh, this is okay. Like, I felt like I'll, I'll put it to you this way: because with the right director, I felt like this could have been something I would I would want to see more of. This, I felt like I didn't really need this. It's cool that we got it, but it was like, okay, that's good. Okay. What about you, Michael? Yeah, uh, like Devin said, we've kind of discussed this a little bit already, this this specific aspect, and, I, and I'm kind of on, on the same page that he is. Uh, I felt like she made some choices that uh, were a little bit questionable, the, not necessarily anything that I'm just like, oh, what a this is this is not going well, you know, nothing that made me really uh, furrow my brow in frustration, but some things that I just kind of was like, you know, I, I I don't really understand why you would do this, and um, yeah, I, I think it was one of those situations where it's nothing that you look like, wow, this is an incredible job, and nothing where you go, wow, this is terrible. It's it's it, it's very, it's just passable, serviceable. And uh, sometimes I kind of feel like that's the most damning thing you can say about someone's creative work <laughs> is that it makes you feel nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and uh, that's kind of kind of the space that I'm in, uh, particularly in that regard. What about you, Richard? Did you have a first impression that sits where the directorial chair would be? So part of this, I think, is kind of echoing what everyone else has said so far i think the expectation going into this movie wasn't high and it's not like this was i think everybody knows that this wasn't going to be some integral part of the marvel universe it was almost more fan service in a sense uh something that should have been done maybe long ago and then they're like oops let's do it and so they got someone to do the 
to to do the movie and she did the movie her way and you're right the movie's fine part of it you can't control if she had all the writing credits and she had all the mcu stuff that she had to work with you can only do so much with that but you can transform something that's average into something that's above average and i still think it came out as something average so i agree she didn't do anything like bad but nothing great well i think personally uh i i tend to look at this in a couple different ways i mean we talked about not really recognizing much in terms of what she has done up to date so to start it off that gives me essentially if anything a, a bit of a cringe when there's not a lot of experience then at best you're getting what the suits want kind of uh uh, a lot more strongly than you otherwise would. But when you look at what she has already done, it, it doesn't scream action film, which is really kind of what this is. So again, it, combining those two things into it, it made me a little nervous. Now, as far as execution goes, I didn't have too much in the way of problems. I, I have a different view in terms of if a film does not leave me with a lasting distance distaste that still or, or a, a lasting good thing that that's potentially bad and I, I don't feel that way so I'm perfectly happy with a McDonald's double cheeseburger it's not going to be the best meal that I've ever had I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be potentially nauseous the next day uh, when I think about what I've uh, <laughs> potentially ingested but not have mustard on it <laughs> but you know ultimately it's it's in a way it's kind of like comfort food and I, I felt that she delivered what needed to be delivered. She didn't do anything. Well, let, me, let me rephrase that. I have a feeling that the choices she made were not the choices that caused the problems that I had with this film. Um, just in terms of trying to make the best with what you're given, um, I, I feel that she did a good job with that. Uh, it's not going to crack my top 10 Marvel films. It's uh, probably in the lower half, um, but it was it was fun. Most of the problems are just in the timing of the delivery, the way that the character had been dealt with up until this point, and, and that's really nothing that sits directly with the uh, right at the director's spot for me. So um, on a scale of 1 to 20... Uh, Delvin, what would you give the director of Black Widow? Ten. Ten. Fantastic. What about you, Michael? Same. Ten. Ten. I have a feeling that uh, we are <laughs> going to be in slightly different places, which is the best. So, yeah. So, what about you, Richard? I did fifteen. I think that's pretty pretty fair. I'm I'm more forgiving. I went with a 16 on this. I think again, it's it's kind of like chopped. I'm going to give you already prepared fried chicken, and I want you to make a dessert out of this. So <laughs> I was a little more, uh, I was a little nicer with those uh, particular scores. Um, okay, well let's go to something that's going to be a bit of a palate cleanser. Um, let's do costuming and props. Uh, in order to make something like this work, when you've got uh, uh, a huge kind of um, world that has been created. Things have to be a part of that world, but also iconic in their own presence in the film. 
How do you think that everybody did on this one, Michael? Um, this is one aspect of the film that I thought uh, was done pretty well, and I think it's done pretty well traditionally in Marvel films. They kind of nail the costuming, even when they deviate from what we're accustomed to. Uh, you know, we, we've seen her now on numerous occasions, so we already kind of know what she's going to, you know, what we're going to see out of, out, of, out of Scarlet. But, you know, looking at what they did with Yelena, with uh, Red Guardian, with uh, um, Taskmaster, I, I, like I thought a lot of those looked good, even though Taskmaster to me was, um, I had a couple of issues with that. And, and even with the character as a whole, how it was presented in the, and how, uh, well, she was presented in the film. But um, again, the look of it was still pretty cool though. I really liked uh, not just Red Guardian's look, but the whole concept of like, here he is like squeezing into this uh, old style uniform. Like I thought that was really good. So um, yeah, I, I, I thought they, they did a pretty good job here, but this is something that uh, these films generally do a pretty good job of. Definitely. What about you, Delvin? I thought it was actually pretty good. I thought that um, like Mike said, the Red Guardian's outfit looked great. I even liked Taskmaster's outfit for the fact that it made sense of Taskmaster's abilities. I think people... That's what Taskmaster does is a very hard thing to replicate and explain because of his, what it is. It's kind of just like, okay, Taskmaster's ability is the, the character, talk about comics wise, can memorize any type of move or technique you have and use it against you just by looking at it for like 10 seconds. Right. So I think this movie did a good job of saying, okay, this suit helps this character do that. I think that was cool. I, I like the aspects. When they went with that, I liked how the Black Widows essentially had this formulaic uniform that made sense. And then you had also these different kind of costumes for Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow, including the white outfit. Mm -hmm. They all kind of thematically fit with the movie. I, I liked it. So like the white one. Yes. Yeah. I agree. What about you, Richard? Anything strike you as awesome or lacking? Well, I did like the the white uniform. So that was, that was a good change of pace. I liked the red guardian. I, when I, we're just talking about the costume and the props now. So, right. Uh, and the taskmaster one was honestly probably the weakest of the bunch in, in terms of there, looks. there's a whole looks and there's a lot of other things that we'll get into later on, but really there was nothing that detracted from the movie. And a lot of those tiny little things actually made sense and looked good. Although one time, and this is maybe one of part of the problems with watching things at home, they were doing a little fight sequence. And I noticed that the little wristlets that they have, which are normally like gold colored, it, it was like zoomed in on them and it looked, just looked like little tiny pieces of like bamboo wood. And you could totally, like it was a really, really bad prop. But since they zoomed in on it, it emphasized how bad the prop was. Um, that was, I don't know if anybody else saw. It was, yeah, it was just. A, I noticed that. But otherwise, you wouldn't have noticed any of the other things just because of how it was presented. So it was pretty solid. Yeah, I, I, I actually liked. Uh, you know, just like what you guys. I'm just going to echo. I, I like pretty much how they did everything. I really love the Red Guardian outfit. Um, I like the, um, the weapons were 
when you're trying to do something fantastic but keep it grounded weapons are one of the ways that that happens the so the firearms and everything looked really good um the choices that they made for the taskmaster's outfit fit the character that they put in the film and i understand why they muted the color scheme down and changed things for the general public who would not understand the the comic variant of that particular outfit uh, but much like Richard, we'll, we'll we'll get into we'll get into the other things about that particular character soon enough. Um, but I, I I liked it. They could have added just a little more color. Um, it was if anything, it was maybe just a little too muted. I understand that. I understand that you're you're trying to go for stealth and practicality, and and that's great. But in a film where you've got uh, forty women all dressed up in the same black outfit. Uh, and sometimes they switch to white. Um, having some variation is a good thing. Uh, give me something for me to focus on that uh, immediately draws my attention. Just a little something. The, the, the color scheme could have been just a smidgen brighter. Maybe some highlights here or there that, that could have looked pretty cool, but you know that's just me. Otherwise, I was pretty happy with everything. I, I just, I, I thought it was a I, again, I liked the old, like kind of the look of it, but like I felt like it was a bit uninspired. Like it felt kind of like an amalgamation of several other characters they've already presented. Right. Like, uh, let's give you a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this person and this person, and then here's Taskmaster. And I was just like, uh, okay, here's like RoboCop Winter Soldier. <laughs> like- <laughs> Very much. Very much. And uh, the skull is the is the key for that character. That's the identifying characteristic in the costume in the comics and i understand again while they muted it down but i think they may be muted just a little too much they they could have done a little more with that to make it because it's supposed to be fear inspiring uh, a bit of a boogeyman and that's the whole that's the whole kick and i know it's not the same character which again we'll get into but (laughs) uh that there is that all in all though i gotta give them a nine out of ten on the props i'm pretty happy with it what about you, Richard? Ditto. How about you, fellas? Delvin? I'll go eight out of ten. Excellent. That's that's where I was gonna go as well. Eight. Excellent. I I love it. I love it. It's excellent. 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 All right, so <laughs> on to the next category. Uh, but before we get to the next category, just to remind our listeners. It is very easy to get a hold of any one of us on social media, and we're going to tell you about how to do so right now. Don't forget, Pudding People, to catch us on all of our social media to keep up to date with what's going on in the world of pudding. Where are you most active, Richard? Well, you could see some of my activity on our Instagram account. Would that happen to be? At Pudding Guys? That one would, yes. Amazing. You know what? That is also our Facebook. So you can, about once a month, <laughs> see, see if you're lucky. Something. If you're lucky, we'll post something on Facebook. We're probably most, most on Twitter, at Real Pudding Guys. But, of course, you can catch us on Patreon as... Pudding Guys. That's right. Where for just $1 a day, you can support us as we bring you new interviews, new material, new stuff to make our interviews and material look better. It's just fantastic for only a dollar a month. A dollar's not a lot. No, not really. It really isn't. That's actually 
$12 over the course of a year. Right. Small change to help the pudding guys keep going. Now, that was educational and enlightening. But we need to know about our guests because they have some fantastic uh, stuff that you need to keep up on on social media. Like, Michael, what is the best way to see what you are doing at any given time? So uh, the best way to see my content would be on my YouTube page. Uh, it's youtube.com slash C slash one mic. That's O O N E M I K E. And then also on Twitter, you can find me, my personal account at Michael underscore Aaron. That's A A R O N, not E R I N. And you can find the podcast, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, one mic Twitter page uh, at one mic network. Woohoo! And what about the always amazing Mr. Delvin Cox? You can find the podcast on any, any podcast server. The Delvin Cox experience is literally everywhere. Check it out there. Great guests, great times. You can also find me on Twitter at Delvin underscore Cox. There you go. Woohoo! All right. Well, that see, that's the level of celebrity that I'm looking for. You fellas are just kind of everywhere online, and it just, it just, I, I like to bask in the glow. So let's keep with that oh, basking. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go and talk about the cast who are infinitely uh infinitely more well known than i will ever be and uh i'm good with that i get to be a semi-anonymous but uh so this will be on a score scale of one to twenty um we have some people coming back to the film um we'll start with richard this time how do you think they did with the casting uh the choices for some of the new individuals that are pulled into this whole affair well we'll start the highlights i feel like and maybe i'm wrong on this maybe i'm right on this but maybe the best of the bunch that we got out of everybody was david harbour doing the red guardian character um i i thought it was just kind of hilarious the setup with him in prison right yeah just kind of overweight covered in tattoos and he keeps telling the stories of how great he was. But his presentation on how he did it was great. And I'm not from Russia. I don't speak Russian. I can't tell you how good or bad the Russian accents were. They weren't necessarily distracting, save for maybe Florence Pugh. Hers was a little distracting, I would say. But like I said, for me, the highlight of the cast was probably David Harbour. Everybody else did fine. Um... I like Ray Winstone, but he was kind of over, I don't know, just off-putting in a sense. Yeah, he didn't work for me on this one. I, I, I wasn't saying I wasn't real big. And then you have, and this goes back and we'll, we'll, we'll beat down on this subject quite a bit, but you have a great actress in Olga Karolinko. And you hide her behind a mask? <laughs> no and you don't lines. give her any dialogue? Come on, man. Like... There's so many other people you could put in that if you're I, my only hope is that this is just a seed they've planted and we're going to see a lot more of her in future um, future episodes of Marvel something or other. But that was that was really disappointing to me. But everybody else, honestly, they were good. What about you, Delvin? Were you of a similar opinion? I thought the cast was great i thought they had a great cast i think the problem isn't the cast i think it's how they use the cast more or less i think ray winstone good actor my problem wasn't him being his acting but my problem was the role he played 
Yeah. Roly played straight up sucked to me. <laughs> like this is <laughs> like why are you like like I don't think we'll get to that more. But they're saying <laughs> that they, they, the, the movie constantly lets you know that Scarlett Johansson, the Black Widow, is an Avenger. So if you keep telling us this, this guy is a threat to an Avenger. Like, right, come on. Hey, man, if you smell him, you're going to be paralyzed. Yeah, like, <laughs> don't, don't, right. don't fuck with this guy. This is the same, like, Black Widow who took on, like, what, what, what we know Ooh. now, took on Thanos, took on Ultron, took on so many, like, stellar villains with, with a team, but still had her very own moments to shine and def- very well defend herself against these guys. Now, this fat guy is like, all right, don't smell me. God, come on. <laughs> I have put in safeguards. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> what about you, Michael? Uh I'm I'm kind of uh in the same place as the the two that preceded me. I, I again and, and Delvin's point in particular about, about Ray, like I, I, I'm kind of the same way. It, it was less about his performance and more about the character itself. So um I don't really look at that as a knock against the in the casting. Um but yeah. And I agree with Richard about about Taskmaster as well. So um, I would say the only thing that I don't agree with is I did enjoy David Harbour quite a bit, but Florence Pugh was the standout for me, not not David Harbour. Uh, I thought uh, Florence Pugh did a great job. I really enjoyed Yelena. I really look forward to potentially seeing Yelena in the Hawkeye series. So um, that was great. Scarlet was great. Um, I even liked... Uh, my man from Handmaid's Tale that played her assistant. I don't know how to say his last name, O.T., uh, whatever. But uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll let uh, you handle that one. I usually yeah, mess it I'm, up. I'm, I'm, I'm good. O.T.'s but, good. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I, I even enjoyed him for the for the period of time that he was uh, on the screen. So, um, yeah, I think they did a pretty solid job here uh, on the casting. Yeah, he was kind of a sleeper. He's got a great deal of charisma, which it's it really came yeah. through in those scenes that he was in. And to me, that's kind of the that's kind of the thing. You see this in in the really good actors, um, depending upon how much room that they're given to do what they need to do, and how much uh, writing goes into the individual character can do great. Because I, I love David Harbour in this. I love him in most things. I mean, the most recent Hellboy was an exception, but I don't blame him for that. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that movie was just straight up awful. Um, but I mean, you're going to bring in Rachel Weiss and give, Oh God, I forgot about her. Give her Shame ju- on me. Ju- she's, she's one of my favorite actresses in about anything. And she goes a little against type with the character that they give her. And I like that quite a lot. Um, and just all in all, uh, all of the, um, supporting cast that they got to do the different parts were great. Um, I was glad that we could get just a little bit of a crossover from the shows and that uh, we got that little snippet at the end of the film that let us see one of our favorite uh, comedic actresses. I, I know I say there's going to be spoilers, but I don't want to go too much. But uh, uh, playing a character that I really want them to take the direction that I think that they're going to take it. But well, no, I'm just going to say Julie Louis-Dreyfus, <laughs> give her give her five minutes and she's gold in anything. And uh, she was just, uh, I'm, I'm really excited about the part that they have given her for this. Yes. 
So, I mean, all in all, the, the cast is just, just fantastic. I, I, I really don't have any complaints about the cast. And that's why I probably gave it the highest uh, score that I gave any of the bits and pieces in this. Although technically it, it kind of ties with one other category, but, uh, or two, or, you know, two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so you thought the cast was good as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I gave it a 16 out of 20. Uh, Richard, what did you give it? Uh, the same. Well, we are of a similar mind. How about our friends from over the internet? What did you guys think? I'm going to go higher. Yeah? I'm going to go, um, I'll go 18. Very nice. I thought the cast was great. I, I'm a notoriously tough grader, so I'm just going to say 15. And because also because I don't like giving like weird numbers, like, I mean, like, how do I judge, how do I judge between a 15 and a 17? So I'm like, I, I, I feel like 15 is like good. <laughs> not but not like like wow like what a cast like that's where i feel like if i'm 18 19 20 i'm like wow like where they find these people what a great right. collection of individuals right. i was just this one i'm just like this was good so yeah 15 out of 20 that's like a yeah that's a that's a good score that's I'm good i'm usually a little more concerned with the overall score if only there were a tool that let you rate things and see all your other ratings and see what your friends rate. Anyway, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Only real stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, so let's uh, let's go to another little palate cleanser, another small point uh, bit uh, of, of, the, of the whole piece of artwork. We'll talk about location. Um, we had a handful of different places that this occurred through throughout the, the plot of the film. Do you think that the number of locations, the type of locations they went, did that work for you fellas? Fight over, yeah. fight over you, each other to see who goes first. <laughs> I thought, honestly, it fit the movie. I thought every place they went fit the movie and it seemed fitting. I, I liked it. Yeah, I, I distinctly remember thinking when they first moved to the, uh, the scene of the outside of that prison that I, I distinctly remember thinking like, wow, this looks really cool. Like yeah. all, you know, all the snow and everything like that. I thought that was a great location. I liked the, uh, the look of the, the red room once they got there. I thought that looked really nice. So uh, yeah, I, I thought they did a pretty good job here. And most of the time, you know, location is one of those things where it's like, it doesn't really, you know, if you're doing a good job, you don't, you don't notice it as much. Right. And if you're doing a great job, then you do notice it a little bit. And I feel like that's one of those ones. This is one of those ones where, you know, I did actually watching this take and without the knowledge that I was going to have to rate locations. I, <laughs> I, I, I noted, I noted like, wow, I really like this. Uh, I really like this one. So uh, I thought, I thought they did a particularly good job with, uh, with their locations here. Yeah. What about you, Rich? Same thing in the sense that, Everything looked like it was in place, and nothing was really distracting. Uh, very clean palette of colors. Uh, you know, whether it was in the snow or whether it was in the sky or whether it was kind of out in the middle of nowhere, you know, there was a variety of places that they did uh, their locations, and I thought they all fit with what was presented pretty good. Yeah, I, I, small things uh, jumped out at me that I really liked, the, the initial safe house. Um, I liked the 
there's just something about the design, the the layout of the apartment, and how it all all was decorated. It really worked for me uh, as something that felt practical, that but is somewhat neglected. That they've I mean, just kind of put together really nicely. Um, I was not as thrilled at the farmhouse, although I really did like the secret room uh, with uh, the weapons uh, that you get to see at the one point. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, all in all, it, it did a great job. The aerial shots especially. I tell you what, some of these people with the uh, amount of uh, uh, CGI and everything that goes into this, combining into the natural environment of wherever it is that they, they shoot the films, they're getting so incredibly good at this because I'm, I'm always looking for the seam. I'm looking for that matrix moment when they're jumping from rooftop to rooftop and the guy hits the wall and the wall buckles because it's made out of foam. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for things like that. And other than the, the thing that you're talking about with some of the, the props being zoomed in on a little too much with the environment, it's just, it was just solid. I really liked it. Um, so since this is a palette cleanser, it doesn't need to be gone into too terribly much. I'm going to give that a straight-up nine. How about you, Richard? Did I hear a niner in there? Indeed. Yes, I did, too. Nine. Uh, all right. How about you, Michael? I'm also going to go nine. Fantastic. And, of course, the incomparable Delvin? I can go nine. That works for me. Nine's all around. We all agreed on something. Woo! I need I need to have like confetti and alarm sounds and it's it's awesome. You could. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I've got it in this thing, but I'm always afraid that I'm going to mistap something and and it'll be embarrassing. Well, more embarrassing than <laughs> I, I normally am. But uh, okay, so we're almost through. We're almost through to the part where we usually pick over the carcass of the film for the most. But before we get to that nitty gritty of plot, we will. Have one last chance to ooh and ah over the expertise that is Marvel. We're going to talk about the cinematography. And that is, of course, talking about how they put their shots together, how well the CGI was done, uh, the pacing of the film, all that sort of stuff. All, even though some of that's technically in the directing and the writing, it kind of flows into this a little bit, too. Let us start with Mr. Delvin Cox. I thought the cinematography was fine for the most part. I would even say good at some point. But there was something I noticed <laughs> that me and Mike has also talked about. Yeah. This this movie, well, the cinema photographer of this film loves to focus on a certain portion of Scarlett Johansson. And it became very uncomfortable at certain points in this film. No. <laughs> like, look. Her look. face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's what it was. <laughs> Well, okay. So there's the question. There is there is the line because there is the target audience that the the creators of the film feel that there is. There's the audience that they want to have. Is this an intentional thing where they're just basically doing fan service, do you think? Or do you think that it's kind of just, well, you got the tight suit and eventually we're going to have to come around to this angle it has to be intentional because it was done so much in certain scenes that it didn't need to be done in. It was like, okay, this is intentional. This is not something that they're doing by happenstance because of the tight suit. No, this is actually, there are scenes where you see her butt and it's like, that didn't need to be there. And if I notice it, 
<laughs> it is very noticeable. Uh, what about the fight choreography? What did you think about that? Oh, I thought it was very good. I thought it was not as good as Winter Soldier, but it was up there. It was really solid, quick, crisp. It's what a black widow woman is supposed to be. And I, I would have liked to, honestly speaking, my only problem with it is I would like to see more of the Red Guardian fight. It felt like they cut away from that way too soon. Yeah, I feel like you built that character up to be something like, oh, he's kind of a joke character, but it would have been cool to see him get into that fighting spirit and just see him kick ass for a little bit. And I don't feel like the movie gave us that. That's fair. What about you, Michael? Yeah, I, I have little to add to, to what Delvin said. I'm pretty much in tune with the, all of that. Uh, the the What I said at the beginning that I was I found it interesting that this had a female director and that she made some questionable choices. That's kind of what I was thinking of. Because when you talk about the fan service, you know, like, uh, you know, this is this is a group of people by and large. You're going to have a lot of people here who are going to be looking for that. But I, I just found it interesting that, again, like Delvin said, uh, there's times where you you feel like you might be watching something and you go, I kind of want to see what that ass looks like. And then maybe you get it and you're like, oh, OK. But when it happens very overtly on multiple occasions to where maybe you weren't thinking about that at all and it's presented multiple times, yeah. it does start to stand out. So, um, yeah, I, I and again, I'm not necessarily it, it's hard for me to look at that as a, as a something that I'm going to give a negative critique on. But it, it's you can see again, how others I, might have problems with it. Yes. Yeah, uh, yes. And then also, I think that you need to strike a balance between uh, I guess giving the people what they want, but then not also making it so that it's unintentionally, I believe noticeable. Like there's certain things that I just kind of feel like they have to, if they're done well, they are less noticeable, like a soundtrack, like a score, right. like a good score is like it, it, you're, you're, you're it, it's, it's just perfect. It's a perfect marriage with what you're seeing. And it's not one of those things that jumps out, but like, I feel, I, I don't know. I didn't suspect I would be comparing a score to an ass, but like, I don't, I don't think that uh, it should, it should, it should jump out like that. People, and then, uh, people score them all the time. <laughs> and, uh, and then real quick, on, as far as the uh, choreography, I wanted to kind of like piggyback on something that Delvin said as well. Cause I, I, I compared it to winter soldier as well that was kind of what i was expecting something in that vein and it felt kind of like a watered down version of that when i say watered down i don't mean that as an insult i mean it in the sense of like winter soldier done it has did it the best that it has yeah, been done it so in the mcu so like it this felt like it was aspiring to be winter soldier but didn't hit that mark but that doesn't make it bad that just means it right. was just not it just it, it couldn't live up to the, the the pinnacle of of fight choreography that that winter soldier set yes. i just realized with your comments i'm eventually going to have to alter our scoring process just a little bit because we don't have a soundtrack section that's a very good point yeah we're gonna have to like sketch out like five points from some of the other categories at least to give to some soundtracks because one of the things that i'm just going to interject because it doesn't go anywhere else that cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit was awful. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, really bad. So, someone else, uh, 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 Dove Axel, I believe, mentioned that as well. Like, they, he did not, uh, someone that we know mutually uh, did not like that either. And I, I, I noticed that too. And that's one of the, that, that's similar to what I was saying. Like, when you notice it like that, 
that's usually a bad thing yeah, when it, it comes to it's the so soundtrack. early it puts you on the wrong foot going into the film and it's just mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong it needs to be kind of sad whatever song it is it's got to be melancholy but if you're going to do that song with understanding what that song means and then try and do a cover like that it is going to fail hard every time yeah mm-hmm. i i was confused by what i was hearing and initially because i i had to my brain had to catch up to what was actually being presented to me because we when we were watching we looked at each other and we're like we're like why huh <laughs> yeah what so you're right like we i just confused by that song yeah and then side note since we're talking about you know butts and tight pants um i'm no big Holy shit. jimmy fallon uh fan, man. but <laughs> you guys just disappeared and it looks amazing yes. oh fantastic gone. fantastic <laughs> like i started, I started talking about butts and tight like pants and then i just disappeared <laughs> so yeah, maybe it, was, it, if it, it wouldn't have been as cool if you this. just disappeared and but like then, Ken's head slowly this disappeared, is awesome. and that was so cool looking. I uh, I don't know what's occurring here. I think I may have to uh, adjust what we're using in terms of uh, camera and or our green screen. Maybe just slightly the wrong um, shade. So let's do this. Yeah, but we can keep talking while we're going over That's this. That's right. Too. That's yeah. right. Okay, so anyway, side note for the listeners and the people who are in this discussion with us. Um if you like Jimmy Fallon or, or don't, that's beside the point. Most people like Will Ferrell. Uh, he did a little sketch on uh, Jimmy Fallon shows, uh, and he played a song. It was tight pants. It's yes, hilarious. <laughs> worth a worth a you know three minutes, four minutes of your time. Um, and then the Red Guardian conversation we were briefly having in, in terms of the the fight choreography. There was the fight between him. And Taskmaster, and then it just went to nothing. Like, yeah, I I was so confused as to what happened. I, I I was like, did I did I blink? Did the movie like did we did we miss a scene? Like what what did I fall asleep? Like I what happened? Here? Cut. So they were fighting, and you know he was winning a little bit, and then all of a sudden they cut to something else and then the taskmaster is doing I, I was really confused by that um but in terms of the actual cinematography sometimes when you have somebody like Zack Snyder for example <laughs> and people tend to like his movies a lot for some reason anyway uh there's just weird things that happen in those movies that are so distracting and annoying and noticeable. And in this particular movie, I don't really think that I got to that extent where I saw these weird cuts or these weird angles of things. Everything was just pretty much straightforward and you switch between things and the fight sequences. Sometimes you have to move them really quick because the people do that are doing the acting maybe aren't the most athletic or can't do the moves correctly. So you kind of have to hide it with the camera cuts. And I, I didn't really necessarily get mo- much of any of that in this particular movie. So that in, 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 in itself, I think lends to a, an okay score in terms of cinematography. So you guys have covered most of the things that I was thinking of with one exception. One, one thing I noticed, I don't know if this was on purpose. Um, and 
because it's a comic book movie, I'm always looking for little nods in any way to comic books. And usually you see that in the, in the writing or in the characters or the design or whatever. But I noticed a lot of angles. The different cam- camera angles they used are comic book panel camera angles. Yes, the, the, I noticed that. It, a lot of the like the the worm's eye view that you get at the feet several times, and the the top down we we're talking about going into the uh, the the prison. That's not that wasn't more of a standard aerial from most movies. It was more like a comic book uh, frame of reference. Yeah, exactly. And I really appreciated that. I, I was always, I did one of those things where I was in the theater and looked around to see the other people. Did anybody else seem to know? No one noticed that. Okay. Just me. Um, too busy looking at her butt. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really liked that. I thought they did an excellent job. I thought they, uh, in terms of the, like, uh, like you said, the, the fights were good. Uh, some odd choices of timing and some things. Um, it was a little muddled in the um, Black Widow fight with all the other widows at the end because there were so many of them in a small space it became visually confusing. But, uh, you know, there wasn't going to be much of a way around that considering what was going to happen. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. All right, Delvin, on a score uh, out of 20, what would you give the cinematography? I'm torn because I don't want to give it a low score because of the butts, because I like butts. <laughs> so it's like I don't know if it's is it good cinematography or bad cinematography that they showed me hey, so many gratuitous shots. If if you like it, that's that's what I always go with. Even if I like it for a bad reason, that's a good score for me. I'm gonna go sixteen. <laughs> sixteen. All right. What about you, Michael? Um, based on the scale that I gave before and I gave uh, what I give, was it location? I gave the 15 to that you guys gave 16 location was, was a nine and okay. So casting was, was the 15 casting we... was the 15. Yep. I thought the casting was better than the cinematography and I gave that a 15. So I'll go 14 here. Makes sense to me. What about you, Richard? Um, with the majority of the group in 16. Yep, I think that's where I'm going to sit on 16. Some really good stuff, a handful of small mistakes. That puts me at a 16. All right. Now for the fun spot uh, spot where we either really praise the film or just tear it to pieces in the plot and writing. <laughs> this, is, this is the make or break portion for any film. Um, so, yeah, odd choice of film and an odd point in the cinematic universe with the way that they've treated the character this is an adaptation of an existing story from the comic books so it's one of those instances where they didn't create something new this was already basically pre-existent they did some some alterations here and there but it is essentially still the same story are you guys fans of the comics were you aware of the story ahead of time did it affect how you viewed the film go michael uh, no, I was actually not aware that this was a, uh, I guess, an adaptation of a of a book uh, storylines. But it, it didn't impact my my perception of it at all. Even if I had known, it's uh, a serviceable script. I guess would be the best way to put it. Um, I had issues with some decisions that were made. I guess you know, it, it, from a writing perspective, like you know, I didn't understand like why you would think that you could have a character. 
uh, essentially walk across a helicopter that's being sprayed with bullets where they're piercing through both walls of the helicopter and just have that character casually walk, pick up a gun, sit in the doorway, and some, and I guess the bullets just decided that they weren't gonna do it. Like I, I, there's time things like that. I, I wonder. I often wonder how many people saw that and went like the like the dog in the fire. Like this is fine. Like <laughs> like the, like you have it has to go by a lot of people before it gets to my eyes. And it, it no one said like you know this is not this is not a good look right here. Uh, so you know things like that. Worked the, for these, Arnold. These, these self-imposed they, they mistakes. Beat it with confidence. <laughs> yeah, the, these self-imposed mistakes are are the kinds of things that that irk me a little bit. But uh, well, they actually they irk me quite a bit. <laughs> irk wouldn't even be <laughs> the proper word for it. But um, at the end of the day, the, the 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 way I felt about this can only be best be described as serviceable. And and like I said at the top, you know that's kind of the. I believe one of the worst things that you could say about someone's creative effort is that it, it it did nothing spectacular and it did nothing to make you hate it. It was just there. It was very standard fare. And um, I, I, I don't know if you look at that as a bad thing or as a good thing, but I look at it as a generally bad thing that I, I come away just like, eh. I think that's a matter of, and we'll have to do an episode on this uh, uh, at some point about what is the purpose of a movie? What What is its existence supposed to be? What is it effect is it supposed to have on us, on uh, society as a whole? Is it just a pastime? Is it supposed to be a work of art? Is it supposed to be a, a commentary on societal structures, whatever? Is it any of these, is it all these? I think it really kind of depends on on who you are and how you how you look at it. So if what you're looking for is that Vincent Van Gogh well, yeah, serviceable is not good enough. But if if you're looking for an escape and it's able to make you forget for a while, then yeah, it's great. I think that's a good uh, good thing to have a discussion on at one point because that, that's how I, I, I do not consume any form of film or television without at some point, either prior or after, asking myself, what need is this filling? Like what, what, what made somebody sit down and go... Uh, I want to tell this story. And I, when I walk away from something wondering, well, and, and, and to be fair, it's obvious on the face of it, why this movie was made. But uh, when I walk away from something and go, you know, I don't really understand why we needed that. Uh, another pretty big indictment, but that's unrelated to this specifically, because I, it's pretty obvious why we needed this. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, why we got it, not necessarily why we needed it, but yeah. <laughs> I see what you're saying. What about you, Delvin? I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to start to sound like Frank Costanza and air out my grievances with this. <laughs> this was a movie that, to me, was mediocre in every form of facet. Like, I... Except the cast. Yeah, except the cast, of course. But And the bus. I, did, I wasn't a fan of the plot. I felt like it went nowhere. The big plot twist that everybody went crazy over, I figured out in the first 15 minutes of the movie. I didn't uh, like for it. a second, I didn't even know what you were talking about. Like, what plot twist? Exactly. It was just so, I had so many issues with this movie in terms of the way it did certain things. The fact that they, every five minutes, they had to tell us that she was an Avenger. All right, we know already she's an Avenger. She's an Avenger. Then they had to tell us, well, you're not one of the main Avengers. You're not Thor or anybody like that. 
We know. Like, you don't have to keep telling us. It's like they were holding our hands with an audience that already knows all these things. And it, it kind of felt like, damn, like, it, this movie felt like, if this movie would have been a Gen 1 MCU movie, like it came out around the time of um, Age of Ultron or something like that, I'm like, oh, this is this is cool. This is cool. But coming out after Infinity War, coming out even after the Spider-Man movie, it almost feels out of place. Oh, yeah. It, it is. It, like, it, you, you can't... I'm sorry, Del, but I, I just want to... It, it feeds into what you're saying in the moment, so I want to throw this in there and let you continue. But, like, I think this movie suffers from a lack of stakes, and you can't uh, you can't have that and have audiences fully walk away like, I, I felt like this, that was worth my time. Because nothing that happens in this film matters, and nothing that happens in this film makes me... Uh, feel fear for the protagonist like and 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 even then they had opportunities to even make an attempt at making me feel like scarlet or i'm I'm, black widow was in danger at some point and they had her fall off an entire building and be okay so like (laughs) like i couldn't even they couldn't even give me that so like yeah I, i think when you know that your character your protagonist is gonna be okay no matter what happens in this movie it it it's a it's a tough hill to climb. Sorry, Delvin. Yeah. No, you you, you I, nailed I it on that point in. You you nailed it on it right on the head. I want to add to that the fact that they didn't even lead us to believe that her the co-stars were gonna be in any sort of form of danger. In terms of like you see Red Guardian, he was the perfect one. He was the one if you were to say feel like somebody was gonna be in danger, somebody was gonna lose their life in this film, he was the one to do it with. When I saw when the scene came up with him him he was fighting against um Taskmaster. I'm like, oh shit, they're gonna kill Red Guardian. Like that's gonna be pretty cool. There was a and chance, then, yeah. And then he comes back, is like nothing happened. <laughs> like, like, like they didn't even fight. <laughs> like, what, like, what just happened? Did a fight actually happen? Or they're just like, all right, we the camera's off. Let's just go do something else. Well, and here's the thing that got me with that. I got actually a little excited at that thought for a moment. Uh if you are comic book fans. The original Red Guardian died fairly early, and it could have been a nod to the original source material, but they, they didn't go that route uh, because Heather Hudson eventually becomes, uh, you know, kind of the or not Heather Hudson, but um, uh, he he gets replaced by. Um, I went to Alpha Flight for a minute. He gets replaced by. He, there's actually several different people that are Red Guardian. He and the original one dies fairly early, if, if my memory serves. It's like, oh, well, this this could be potentially pretty cool, but. Nah. Yeah, I, I just thought that it just was underwhelming, and in almost every facet of the way, like even the bad guy. The bad guy felt like a Gen One MCU villain that we didn't really care about. Like we cared about Loki. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that was the biggest problem with the Gen 1 MCU movies where, like, yeah, besides Loki, the rest of these villains, we could do without. <laughs> like, just the stars of the heroes. And it's like, okay, yeah, you know. I don't know. Red Skull. Kind of cool. You know, I was thinking about the villain thing before we, you know, earlier today, knowing that we were going to talk about this. And, you know, I found Taskmaster to be uh, just kind of blah. But, you know, I, I, I also thought I don't have as big of a hang up regarding the quality of the villains throughout the MCU, just because like you can't get Loki every time. And if you get Loki every time, then you never get Loki. So yeah, a lot of times, unless the villain actively pisses me off, like 
ghost in uh <laughs> in ant-man and the wasp <laughs> like unless they actively piss me off i don't really have too many issues with the villains I, like when people people have been like hammering that nail uh consistently and like i said if, you, if, if everybody's loki then nobody's loki yeah so you know you gotta you gotta get your loki's in every now and then and yeah go from there how about you richard so one one observation that I had, this was before the movie even came out, because the presentation of this movie was one of this, in a sense, was her family, was the Black Widow family before she you know, went down a different path. That I felt like when there was commercials, that's what was offhanded presented to us right so it was the kind of the original family getting back together but it was back in either i want to say either infinity war maybe endgame she's she clearly states and is depressed at the time that she states it i never had a family uh it's it was yep. part of her character development that she was always by herself always alone and that makes this film what you guys said already just seem even more out of place based on what was already presented to us by the two big movies. So that that was the one thing I was just thinking the whole time going in. Like, what am I missing about this story that they're going to get to uh, that they're not really a family? And I, I guess I, I guess they kind of showed that, but went away. I don't know. Anyway, I'll go to some things, since we, we like to talk about what we what we don't like, and there's a lot to not like, and the Taskmaster thing just really is annoying, so annoying. But when you first start this movie and you get the presentation of, like, the family, right? And it's the, the two daughters and it's the, it's the mom and everything seems kind of normal. And then dad comes home and it's like, it's time, we got to go. I'm like, how much time? You got about an hour. Like if you think if you don't think about that in MCU terms and you don't think about this as trying to present an MCU character and a movie and a plot piece and you just think of it as this is a separate story, that sequence of we got to get out of here, what's going on, the kids have no idea what's going on, and then they get put in this situation where the kids are just like pushed aside and they're almost like like prizes in a certain sense because one goes here one goes here and then the dad's all of a sudden this crazy action star you know shooting at people riding on the the, <laughs> the wings of the, of the plane and you're just like what is like if you're the kid you're like what is ride, going on right now did he ride that plane wing the whole way there exactly <laughs> so like th like this dad is is like what like my whole life got just shredded in this in, in this in this whole scenario and then you get put in this thing where like you get put here and your sister gets put here and you're like, I'll take care of you. And you're like, but no, your sister goes here. And then it just kind of devolves as a family situation. And you're just like, if you take it completely outside of the realm of how it was presented, other than this is a movie like that, if you put that in a completely different movie, like, and then just revolved your story around that, that actually would have been kind of interesting. I personally think, yeah. but then of course you're just going in all these, different directions and the fact that we already mentioned it before that there's a person that's still running the red room but the red room is you know we thought we thought we got rid of it we thought we killed the person and then she's like 
did you? You know, just like all those weird little, like obvious, obvious elements of the plot that are just too boring and predictable. And and gosh, Taskmaster, oh, that's so. That character and Ken and I have talked about it before. Like we love that character. Like yeah. that's a really cool character, and they basically treated it like trash in this. Yeah. And the one thing, and I wish I could. I could kind of present it in a certain sense um, in front of a now actual green screen is every time you saw this character, what what did it do? The arms were out and it was just like, <laughs> duh, duh, duh. and it's like, what am I seeing here? It, 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 I, I thought for a second, well, actually, it's going to be a robot because of how poorly the person that was in the mask was portraying that character. And that's. That's its own thing, but there's just so many just off-putting things about the plot, but we can't forget about some of those minor cool things that were kind of introduced early on in the movie. Well, I think the uh, the reasoning behind the walking was not to be robotic. Uh, I thought a little bit about that. As annoying as that was, I think it was intended to try and throw people off, even though anybody with half a, a wit would know who the the character was. But if you can get the person to not walk like uh, a, a woman normally would, maybe they won't realize it's a woman. That was what I was getting from that. They did that to ghosts too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I that character is, is one of my favorites. And in the comics, he's snarky. I mean, not like Deadpool level of snarky, but still pretty funny, and he understands who he is. He's arrogant. He uh, he knows his place in the world. He's amoral, not not someone you necessarily want to uh, like, but you still end up liking him. There's a really great five part comic that came out that was obviously intended to tie to the movie, and it showcased how much fun that character is. And I really want to know. Did they show the comic to the writers of the film and go, that's how it's done, not this? And it just it, it it was so disappointing. And and to comment on Michael's uh, uh, point about the stakes, we all knew there was not going to be any sort of physical stakes in this film just because of when it was taking place. There's no way for there to be physical stakes, but that's not the only stakes that you can have in a film. You can have emotional stakes. You can have long-term plot impact you can have something that makes it worthwhile even though you know this character is not going to die and probably the secondary characters aren't going to die you can get some growth where you have not given the characters much growth at that point and you get a little bit for for the black widow character not a lot which is really disappointing i mean you had two hours to to have something really happen i didn't feel any any major changes occurred in that character over the entire bit of the movie. The characters were basically the same from the beginning to the end. So that was really the loss that I felt. Now, that being said, I enjoyed most elements of it in terms of how they adapted because it, it's tricky. The, the storyline that they were trying to adapt from the comics to the MCU involved a lot of changes from point A to point B, and it was always going to be complicated. Um, and as soon as I saw that initial reference that they did to the Red Room so many movies ago, I was like, oh, I hope I hope they're really careful when they go there because this is supposed to be a really 
a really strong, impactful thing. And it just, it didn't come over that way. It's, it was just flat, um, which that, that's my main thing. It was, it was an okay film. It's like watching an 80s action film. Uh, uh, when I mentioned uh, Arnold, you know, it's like uh, uh, watching an Arnold Schwarzenegger action film. You know he's not going to die. Everything's going to be fine. The plot doesn't matter. He gets to blow stuff up. Um, and that's kind of what I got out of this, which on its own isn't bad. It just feels bad when it's in the company of so many other films in the MCU that are so much better. I will say this, and this may be the most damning critique of this movie. Watching this movie made me feel like, damn, why they didn't just didn't make that Hawkeye movie before in, before Endgame <laughs> oh, with, Hawkeye just, with Hawkeye being a rodent? That sounded awesome. That like, would have been him, good. Just like that whole him going through the five years as a rodent, just killing Yakuza. Yakuza members, that sounded like an awesome movie. Yeah, that'd have been fun. They could have this Black Widow movie could have been a TV show. Mm-hmm. Well, and they they would have had time if it was a show. They would have had plenty of time to go. And into it worked a lot better. Character, yeah. Um, well, with that note, we're all fairly disappointed. I'm going to start with who I think is going to give the the lowest score out of everybody. Okay. I have a feeling that's yes. going to be Michael. <laughs> oh, really? I thought we were going Delvin here. Um, I'm going with the same uh, the same logic that I used for um, what was the first thing? The first thing was uh, uh, we talked about director. <clears throat> yes, director. Where I said like it was you know I gave it a ten because I'm like I didn't see anything I hated. I didn't see anything I loved. It was serviceable slash passable, and that's how I feel here. Uh, I had um, a couple more issues with this than I did with. Um, Fuck, I've already forgot what the first thing was again. <laughs> uh, it happens, director. Directing, yes, yes. Jeez, man. I, I'm, 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 hey, it's I'm been an hour. Out, man. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what's going on with me. This has been, it's been a long day. But um, yeah, I'm still going to, I'm, I'm rambling. I'm still going to roll with a 10. 10 from Michael. And then I, I'm i going to go over to Delvin. He's going to prove me wrong. I went to Michael first, and Delvin's going to have a lower score than 10. I, I'm feeling it. Okay, what's out of what, 20? Out of 20. Oh, <laughs> Like, oh, it better be out of 20. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go seven. Seven. Uh, harsh. I didn't like this movie. I, I, need, I need to get that. I need to get those special effects in there. So I'm going to womp, 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 womp. <laughs> All right. So let's let's go up a little more for, uh, for our scores. Uh, now, for me, uh, my score, I gave it a 15. Because for me, 15 out of 20 is 75%. That's still not amazing, but it's passable. Again, it's one of those films I will forget. I'll never watch this film again. It was, well, that's not true. I'm going to do a kill count on it eventually, but not, you know, not for any other just enjoyment straight up. Not for enjoyment, not for entertainment purposes. Right. (laughs) So sad. (laughs) (laughs) So 15, pretty fair. How about you, Richard? Uh, A dozen. Even dozen. Well, okay. Easy peasy. Okay, so now's the part where we get to jack with our scores, uh, giving any bonus points, plus or minus, for any reason. So uh, we'll start with our guests, as is our habit. Uh, Delvin, do you have any bonus points to give or to take away? I give a bonus point for Scarlett Johansson's butt. (laughs) (laughs) Should have seen that coming. Should have seen that. Uh, Yeah. 
All right, uh, and that makes your score, uh, uh, it makes it right. Uh, that gives you a 69. Uh, all right. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't Leaving it right there. completely intentional. Uh, what about you, Michael? Um, I am going to take away a couple points. I, I'm not sure how many I want to take away. I guess I'm going to, I'll talk and then I'll give a number all right. that just moves me when I'm done. I'm, I'm going to talk about uh, how disappointed I was at the quote unquote reveal of what happened in Budapest. Yeah. <laughs> that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. God, that was awful. Yeah, it was and it, it, it's it's the it's it's a chasm between what I got and what I wanted. Uh they they built that shit up, man. They've been building up <laughs> Budapest for so long. <laughs> and and what we got what we got was uh disappointing to say the least. So uh I I'm gonna knock off five points for uh the Budapest shit. Okay. Yeah. Now, just so you know, Michael, it's Budapest. Okay. Oh, yeah, so. that's right. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that gives you an uh, an odd 61. Damn. All right. Richard, uh, I'm sure you have at least some points that you want to do. Uh, yes, I wanted to throw in a nice negative one because the Taskmaster was doo-doo. <laughs> I think See, I feel fair. like you were more passionate about Taskmaster than I was about Budapest. You know, knocked off one point. So I'm like, maybe I, should I, yeah. should I change I, my... You made a face when I said five. Like, <laughs> like well, I just took it down to zero. <laughs> I, I think with our with our bonus points, we've been strong on bonus points in, in the past. Yeah. Ones and twos are pretty common. Every once in a while, we'll throw in a three if we really actually hate or love something. Five is pretty strong for the bonus points, yeah. but I always use it as a tool to get the score. When I add up the things, I'm like, oh, man, I got 80. Well, this isn't a B. I want to get it down to a, a, a C minus two because the windows look dirty, you know, like whatever the reason was. <laughs> if I didn't like my score so much, I would definitely take out minus five Budapest. That was a horrible, horrible place for that Budapest thing. They oh. made Budapest sound hey, like Vietnam. It's it's Budapest. <laughs> For you, it for you, it's booty pest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, boy. oh, it was just a, you just blew up a building. Like what? Huh? Uh, oh, I got a stitch Man. in my side now. <clears throat> I uh, thought Budapest was gonna be some epic, like okay, we're trapped in a prison and we have to escape, and there's like 300 guards and they're all heavily armed, and it, this uh, is the story of how we escaped Budapest. They it's, mentioned this during the, during the battle for New York. Like, right. hey, this, this, this There's a lot of Budapest. red in my ledger. Like, no. Exactly. <laughs> well, when they're flying in the uh when they're flying in the in the ship to get to the in, in Endgame, they're like we're a long way away from Budapest. I mean, they even said it in that. <laughs> it's cuz they were. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we thought this was going to lead to some big Physical. reveal. It was just a statement of what was happening yeah. at the time. <laughs> a lot of time has passed, huh? Yeah, how about the weather? Yeah. Uh, so that's 78 for Richard. Uh all right. So for me, I've got two different uh points. Uh, I'm going to give plus 2 points for putting the Red Guardian in the film at all. That is a character okay. I never thought I would have seen in any film for, for comic books just because it's such a, a deep pull. And it's one I, that I always liked. And the fact that they put David Harbour in it is great. Two points for that. And then remove one of those for the Taskmaster because just like Richard said, it was just awful. Yeah. Uh, that, that They destroyed one of my favorite characters. They've done this a couple times now where they've just changed something like in the Scarlet Witch, Agatha Harkness, one of my favorite characters. And they did, what? Okay, anyway, 
So. <laughs> the low. Yeah, yep. So that puts me at an 82. So the rundown is that Michael believes that this failed, just flat out F from Michael. Yeah. We've got uh, Delvin coming in with a uh, solid uh, D+. Plus. Uh, and, That's actually close to where I want to be at. Yeah. yeah. Richard at a C+. Plus, and I give it a B-, minus, uh, which, you know, maybe, maybe something that will change over time. If only there was a tool where when I put in a score, I might change my score later. Anyway. <laughs> well, I want to thank you fellas so much for coming on and talking about uh, the first MCU film to come out in ages and ages that uh, made me get excited, uh, if not a little disappointed after the fact. Uh, thank you again for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Do not forget to check out these guys' podcasts. They're a lot of fun. And I'm, I guarantee you, you'll feel like it's time well spent and get a lot of enjoyment out of it. But uh, until next time, uh, Pudding People, don't forget to check out our website where you can keep current with the ultimate comic movie database. We have added the Black Widow to the information that is there. Uh, and we will be adding in, uh, probably by the time you hear this, well, maybe not, uh, the, the movie Old, also based on a graphic novel that will be added as well. But we will see you soon with some exciting new content. 